0: the DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm your host Zach Stevens joined by my main man Andrew Mason on this special edition of the podcast and Mace we're going live today to talk about the huge expected and unexpected news with Peyton Manning and John Lynch being into the Hall of Fame. Mace how are you doing? Uh, We found out this news about 12 hours ago i'm I'm feeling great, you know I've got uh, my Hall of
1: Fame Jersey on, of course, at Leroy Selman, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, John Lynch for uh four of his uh, seasons uh in Tampa Bay before he uh eventually came to Denver wore this beautiful uh, Florida orange jersey with the number forty-seven on it. But uh, another reason to be wearing
0: that jersey today, Mace. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a big day. A big day for the Bucks and uh, uh, John Lynch getting in, in made a big weekend for the Bucks as well because he's more known for what he did in Tampa Bay. But you know, as we'll discuss, John Lynch may not be a Hall of Famer without the time that he had in Denver to uh, add to that resume of uh, that he had established. And then, of course, Peyton Manning. When he got to Denver, he was a Hall of Famer, clearly. But then he took himself to another level, literally stacking arguably the greatest individual season a quarterback has ever had. Another Super Bowl win, another two AFC titles onto his burgeoning resume, and uh, you know it's their late career Broncos, but they're still Broncos who accomplished a heck of a lot. Four years is kind of the standard, I think, for really claiming a guy for the Ring of Fame, for the Hall of Fame, things like that. So it's cool to see the Broncos get more representation. And as I wrote last night, Zach, it's been a great few years for the Broncos, getting five players and Pat Bowen into the Hall of Fame since 2017. No team has got more people into the Hall of Fame in that span. I know there are others we need to work on, <clears throat> Randy Gradishar, but the Broncos... They're getting their due now from Canton, and uh, it, it's it's richly deserved and it's good to see that continue this weekend.
0: Yes, they are, and just as it should be, Mace, and and what what a weekend. The reason we did this live pod this morning was because we got to talk to Peyton Manning and John Lynch this morning, just fresh off of those press conferences, and Mace, uh, you, you talk about how John Lynch needed his time in Denver to become a Hall of Famer. You're absolutely right. Four years in Denver, four Pro Bowls, that really helped push him through. Of course, he wasn't a first-ballot Hall of Famer. He had to wait. He had to wait in the hotel room year after year after year and not get that knocked. And then he gets the knock when he's celebrating uh, in in a little reunion with his family in San Diego. He gets the knock from David Baker a couple of weeks ago. And then, of course, Peyton Manning didn't get a knock from David Baker. Instead, they sent every single coach that has coached Peyton out to Denver to surprise him for both awesome moments. Not all of them, Uh John Fox wasn't there in person, although he
1: took part uh, virtually and uh, Jim Mora, his first uh, head coach in Indianapolis wasn't there, but she had Philip Fulmer from the university of Tennessee, David Cutcliffe, who was offensive coordinator at UT. And you could kind of say was Peyton Manning's coach in the off seasons over the course of his career. All those times he went back to Duke university where, where Cutcliffe uh, was the head coach. And then you had, Tony Dungy, the, a Hall of Famer himself. Jim Caldwell, who really should be somebody's head coach right now, and I wish he was. And then finally, uh, Gary Gary Kubiak. And uh, it was fun to see that last night when they showed it on the NFL honor special because um, it, Peyton clearly means a lot to him, but you can hear the, kind of the emotion in Gary Kubiak's voice when he talks about him. And Kubiak had a really different experience with Peyton Manning than those other coaches, because that season, uh, that was not Peyton Manning at his best. That was trying, you know, it was an an offense that they were trying to kind of make work and, uh, had it really operate and fits and starts. And of course, Peyton got hurt. But, uh, when the chips were down, Peyton delivered. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny that there's, there's such a gratitude from Gary Kubiak to Peyton Manning, but there's also a gratitude from Peyton, uh, to, to Kubiak as well. And, uh, uh, when Kubiak was talking, I I flashed back to a lot of moments from that season, and it was really it was really cool to see. They they couldn't have done that better for Peyton Manning to, than to have the coaches come back and salute him.
0: No, they they certainly couldn't have. It it was a very, very cool moment. Great job by the Broncos to to set that up. And Mace, it was really, really cool uh, through all of the videos and tributes last night and talking to Peyton today, just how much of the conversation the Broncos are in his career, because he was only here for four years. He was in Indianapolis for way longer than that. And it really feels like it's 50-50. If not, honestly, it feels like it's like 70 Broncos. 30% 30% Colts. So that just another awesome, awesome uh, remembering of that. And, of course, five years ago today, Mace, was Peyton Manning's last, day, last game with the Broncos when they won Super Bowl 50. This is the five-year anniversary of that. So really, I mean, just a, a trip down memory lane is very cool. And, of course, John Lynch was with the Broncos in an AFC championship game, the closest that they ever got to winning a Super Bowl in between the John Elway and the Peyton Manning eras. Was with John Lynch there too. And so I said how, or we said how John Lynch had to have his time with the Broncos to be a Hall of Famer. Mace, there's an argument to be made that Peyton Manning was a Hall of Famer based off just his four years with the Broncos Uh, two Super Bowl appearances, a Super Bowl championship, and then the best season a quarterback has ever, ever, ever had in 2013. Of course, he also had a pretty darn good season in 2012, uh, in 2014 as well. And then the one year he doesn't have a good season. He wins the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. At, at that point, by the end, it was Peyton's mind that uh, was willing him that uh, was making his success possible. The, uh, the ability to make pre-snap checks and uh, read what a defense was doing. Uh, the body was betraying him, but the mind was still there. The mind was there to get the Broncos in the right matchup for those two touchdown passes through against new England in the AFC championship game. And uh, I mean, he wrung every bit out of himself out of his body that he possibly could I mean he he gave he gave everything there there was nothing left in the tank when he walked away. I know there are some Broncos fans that like to think what what if he would have come back uh you know physically it's sad. The body was betraying him. He didn't have the career longevity of a Tom Brady. And it's you know, it's kind of sad, kind of a shame. I mean, if Peyton Manning had Tom Brady's longevity, he could have gone for another few years, but, uh, <laughs> what we got in Denver was still amazing. It was still special. Um, I, I feel very, I feel very fortunate, very blessed to have been at uh, every game and seen every throw that Peyton Manning made in those, in those four years. Um, Hopefully I'll get to uh, cover something like that again. We'll see. But it was remarkable. It was special. It was fun. Um, And I'll say this. I don't think everybody appreciated it at the time. I think now, though, people really do appreciate what Peyton Manning brought here.
0: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Mace. And I want to give a shout out to everyone listening to us live right now. If you're watching on Periscope, we'd like you to check out our YouTube page. The quality comes in a little better. So check out the YouTube link. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, And then, of course, like, subscribe, and sign up for those alerts so you know every time we go live, especially if it's something like this, a little special live pod for you. So thank you for checking out YouTube. And Mace, today... I wore this Hawaiian shirt, as I typically do, but I specifically wore it today. Or I should call it an Aloha shirt, pardon me, but I specifically wore it today because Mace... We were uh, talking to John and Peyton just a couple minutes ago, and they really became close before they had the bond of the Broncos. They became Mm. close when they were in Pro Bowls together, of course, both going to many, many Pro Bowls. And they would just sit together for hours on end talking football and drinking Mai Tais out in Hawaii. So I just thought this was a, a perfect, perfect shirt for the occasion
1: and billing whoever was the unwitting rookie or young player was there they joked about uh, uh having a lot of my ties at the hotel bar and sticking Brian Mormon of the Buffalo Bills at the time with the, with the bill i mean uh, that's that, that's the sort of young uh, young player slash rookie hazing that goes on at the pro bowl every, every year especially when it was in honolulu and uh, you know it's And Peyton, it was funny, Peyton was really getting wistful talking about the Pro Bowl.
0: Yeah, he was. Man, it seemed like the Pro Bowl died. It seemed like this was the Pro Bowl's funeral today. Yeah, he talked about how just it isn't
1: the same since they moved it to the week before the Super Bowl rather than the week after it's lost some of its juice. Uh, The the thing that he probably uh, could have said as well but didn't is that it has lost some of its unique appeal to guys because it's no longer in Honolulu that uh right. now it's it's been in Orlando, it was in Phoenix, it was in Miami once. it's going to be in Las Vegas, but uh there but Las Vegas got snow weeks back. I mean, there's something <laughs> really special about it being on the islands like that. And after the season, it kind of, it felt like a true reward that you had a great season. And here's this Hawaiian vacation with a lot of, uh, uh a lot of the best of your sport. And you kind of, I, I, I covered, a I covered a pro out in Honolulu once. And, uh, you can see why that those bonds of fellowship and comradeship would form, in that environment because you know, you, you're competitive against these guys over the course of the year and then you get out there you're on the same team with half of them you're getting to know them as people you're getting to know them as as teammates and I think uh there's a greater appreciation and you know the funny thing with John Lynch is that uh, uh he's he, he's talked in the past about how it was some of his times going to the pro bowl uh, getting and Getting to know people on the Broncos, but also getting to know Pat Bowen as well, because Pat Bowen had a place uh, out in Hawaii and spent a lot of time there that were kind of the embryonic stages of him eventually becoming a Bronco. So you can't really tell the story of, of uh, Peyton Manning John Lynch's Broncos uh, without uh, mentioning a little bit of those, of those trips in Hawaii and how they bonded. Oh, by the way, like uh, they mentioned today, the two of John Lynch, Peyton Manning, and Eli Manning were on a golf trip and the cool thing about that is they required they were required for a couple of weeks to keep the secret that they were going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. John Lynch like you mentioned earlier found out the day he was headed before he was headed to Mobile for the Senior Bowl and Peyton Manning was in Denver and they kind of simulated him doing an on camera thing when he found out but they had to keep quiet so they only kind of told some of their you know their close relatives and of course Eli Manning close relative to Peyton Manning so as they were saying during the the press conference today, Eli, Peyton, and John, they were sitting there on their golf retreat, and they were drinking champagne, and nobody knew why <laughs> they were drinking champagne.
0: <laughs> Man, and, and <laughs> something should have tipped people off, and they're saying, well, I'm the golf course. Are they drinking champagne right now? That That's not the typical drink of choice on the golf course. Hey, I, what what can you say?
1: Maybe they just thought they were only celebrating Peyton because ev- everybody knew Peyton right. was going to the Hall of Fame. That was a slam dunk. I mean, the, the the story and the surprise that you mentioned earlier, Zach, is is John Lynch, and maybe it's just a surprise because he'd gone through this seven times before, and. You get to a point where you start worrying, is this guy just a perennial finalist who never gets in? I mean, it happened to Joe Jacoby of Washington, the great tackle for the Hogs back in the day. It happened to Jerry Kramer of the Green Bay Packers who finally got in via the seniors the seniors committee. Sometimes you have these guys that are just finalists year after year after year after year, and they can't push the boulder over. But the thing with John Lynch, and we talk about how he burnished that resume. There was one, and also about Pro Bowls, like we're mentioning, there was one big line on John Lynch's resume that was kind of hard to deny, especially at safety, where it's tougher to quantify the accomplishments. And that is nine Pro Bowls, no defensive back with at least nine Pro Bowls is not in the Hall of Fame until yesterday. The only one who wasn't in was John Lynch. And so that was something that needed to be corrected. But he got to nine. By getting four Pro Bowls in four seasons with the Broncos, until a keep to leave the only Broncos to play at least four seasons and go to the Pro Bowl every time. You can debate whether that 7 one was deserved, but 0-4 to 06, you know, he transformed himself into uh, a little more of a box safety than he had been in Tampa Bay, and uh, was still a very physical presence and at times a dominant presence on that secondary with Champ Bailey, and so that's why I say, you know, he had to wait for a while, but. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer right now unless you, t- unless you talk about the, the Denver accomplishments with it. It pushed him over the top.
0: Oh, without a doubt, Mace. And Peyton has been Peyton these past 12 hours. You know, <laughs> cool, calm, collected, the quarterback. I mean, he, he was even driving and being the quarterback of the press conference today. He, he's he's Peyton Manning. And also, he knew this was coming. This was no surprise to him. Seeing him be a little surprised about how he found out the news with, of course, his coaches walking out. It looked like he was recording a, an ad at, at Empower Field at Mile High, and then all of his coaches walk out behind him, and then they all say some words about him and then he turns around and David Baker is right there and he finds out the news his kids are there jumping into his arms that that was really cool that was the only surprise to Peyton though Mace with with John Lynch he was very surprised and you can tell these past 12 hours for him uh, in, in these past two weeks when he found out have been extremely meaningful and emotional, and that has been so cool to see. And Peyton, of course, first ballot Hall of Fame—it's it's awesome, and he'll always have the first ballot Hall of Famer with him. And it's awesome now that the Broncos now have two first-round hall or, f- or first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks uh, in their organization. Uh, and but for John, it's so cool to see these guys that have to go through the process, and when they finally make it, John said uh, today. And last night he said, you know, this is something that I always kind of wanted to play down, said it wasn't that important to me. But man, I'm not going to lie. This is so important to me. It's so cool. And it's it's living this reality that he never thought was, was going to happen potentially.
1: One thing I've learned talking to Hall of Famers and uh, and guys who are close to it is that you try to downplay it publicly right. or privately what you feel in your heart, what you feel feeling in your gut it really does take a toll. I mean, you know Steve Atwater, you know, he put on a brave face in the years that he didn't get on, but I know that he was a little bit crushed even though I remember telling him, "Hey, you're getting closer now. You're in you're in the last 10, Steve. You're right there. You're knocking at the door." Uh, but uh yeah, you know, he he you, know, you could tell that uh, uh it was wearing on him a bit. It, I know it uh, it has worn for a long time on Randy Gratishar, who finally got in the room as a finalist in 08, was not selected and keeps coming close and keeps being in the selection process for the seniors, the, the seniors committee, but hasn't gotten in. I still feel it was an incredible snub for Randy that he was not on that big seniors class that was going to go in last year and could go in next year. I'm hoping that now that we've got some numbers other than tackles, I refer to it as the 2010 seven club. That's 20 interceptions, 10 plus fumble recoveries, seven Pro Bowl appearances. He is the only linebacker with those stat lines who is not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I'm hoping sometimes you need a, num- a number, a number, set of numbers to really quantify it and change it in the eyes of the voters. And I'm hoping that's going to push Randy Gratishar over the top. But man, it you know. It eats at these guys when they, when they don't get in, and and not knowing when that that knock on the door is is going to come. And uh, you saw you could see the kind of the 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 joy in John Lynch's eyes uh, when when he realized what was going on. We recall the joy for Steve Atwater and his family when David Baker knocked on the door uh, back in 2020 in Miami to tell him he was part of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, yeah, it's I'm I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that Randy Gradishar gets to experience that as well because uh he's he's been dealing with this for a long time and uh and man it's it's deserved but like you said it it really does it, it really does matter to them you can you can explain it away you can go on the record and say oh i'm at peace with it but deep down we know better
0: Yeah, it it absolutely does. And Mace, that's the one glaring uh, miss that that the Hall of Fame has right now is Randy Grashar for the Broncos Mm -hmm. right now. But it's good that they're correcting their mistakes. John Lynch and, uh, of course, Champ Bailey, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Terrell Davis, they're they're getting the representation. Pat Bolin, of course, these past few years, like you said, six people in the Hall of Fame in the past five years is the most in the NFL. And Mace, the streak's going to stay alive one more year with DeMarcus Ware almost certainly. Going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer next year, and I know you know well, he's three a three years, year guy. Three I know, years, but he won a Super Bowl with them. He helped groom Von Miller, uh, and and it'll be fun to attach the Broncos name. I, I think we'll probably get a feeling there, Mace, that it, that's more of a thirty percent Broncos, seventy percent Cowboys, whereas really with Baton, it felt like the opposite: seventy percent Broncos, thirty Colts.
1: I think it feels that way here, but stepping back and saying, I'll say. It's still more Colts, but it's it's I'd say it's about it's about 6040 or 5545. One thing that has helped the Broncos cause is Peyton staying in Denver and being connected to Denver. Although Absolutely. you saw Brandon Stokeway's picture, it was the Colts jet that uh 727 that Jim Ursay has that is tripped out, and we saw the, the picture of the interior, it's gorgeous. It was uh Jim Ursay's plane that uh Came out from Indianapolis and shuttled Peyton Manning down to Tampa uh, to be honored at the Super Bowl. So I think there, there's there's still there's still the connections there, even though I think he feels very strongly about his connection with the Broncos. But also you have to look at 14 years with Indianapolis and four seasons with Denver. So he's still a bit more of a cult, but it's not an either or. I think you know, there was some Buccaneer fan who was tweeting at me last night talking about oh you can't really claim john lynch you know what you can share everybody everybody can share these honors you know when gary zimmerman went in it's okay for the broncos and the vikings to share gary zimmerman it's okay for the broncos and bucks to share john lynch did he play more in tampa yes but he's he's got his name on the facade in tampa he's got his name on the facade in denver in Indianapolis. They've got a statue of Peyton outside. There's gonna be a pillar a, a pillar with the with the face of Peyton Manning on the outside of the stadium here in Denver. What I'd like to now, what I'd like to see the Broncos do next is take Peyton Manning's name off of that banner that has Frank Trapuca's <laughs> name and give Peyton his own banner and also give champ Bailey his own banner and say that the standard going forward is that you made the Hall of Fame in large part because of your accomplishments as a Bronco and your first ballot Hall of Famer, and that's what gets your jersey retired. That should be yep. the standard.
0: Yep, it absolutely should be. The, the first ballot Hall of Famer, Mace. And and yeah, I, I do agree in that part. You can throw in that uh, you had to be a major part. So DeMarcus Ware, you would say no then because of the only three years. He wouldn't get his number retired, would he?
1: Uh, he wouldn't get his number retired, although... I think it's an interesting conversation because it was Pat Bowling who in 1984 put forth the four year rule on Broncos ring of famers that, okay, that you have to play. You have to be with the Broncos for four seasons. And I am willing to count his year as a part-time coach just to say, oh, no. you got the four years, DeMarcus, because the... <laughs> I do think DeMarcus Ware should be in the ring of fame.
0: <laughs> there you go. There's a loophole, Mace. I love you finding that, oh. even though that was the weirdest little coaching gig that he I,
1: had. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was on Dancing with the Stars at the time. I'm, But I look back at the Super Bowl 50 season, and especially in the playoffs, when DeMarcus Ware... In terms of generating pressures and generating quarterback hits, was as effective as Von Miller was, yeah. and I can't, I can't separate that I, that out and say, okay, you didn't do enough. It, you know, Brian Dawkins, unfortunately for him, he was with the Broncos at a, a bad time in their history. He didn't really uh, have that sort of su- sort of success. Demarcus Ware did, and and was and it was one of those guys really along with Peyton Manning. Uh, they were the two. They were the two kingpins of that locker room in those days. It was Peyton on the offensive side, DeMarcus Ware on the defensive side. They dropped to 9-7 and without Peyton Manning, and I don't think it's coincidence that the Broncos have not had a winning season since DeMarcus Ware retired, because then you were without both of those leaders. And while others have shown leadership qualities in terms of being the unquestioned leader of the team, neither Peyton nor DeMarcus Ware has been replaced.
0: Yeah, and Mace, it is so, so prevalent when you talk to Peyton like we just mm-hmm. did earlier this morning, just how much of an impact one guy truly, truly can have within an organization. Just last week, Aeeb Talib told us,, oh, there, there hasn't been another sheriff to walk through the building. That's why mm-hmm. the Broncos haven't made the playoffs since Peyton left. It's because it's because of the quarterback. That guy is just so, so important. And you could tell with Peyton, uh, just be being around him any, anytime he's around, you can tell that boy, he just doesn't just have the entire room. He has the entire organization, uh, in, in check and man, so, so cool for Peyton and John to go in, yeah. especially going together, being friends. And then also with the Broncos, both being here for four years and both having a key role in the organization in those four years.
1: Yeah, it, it means – it means it meant so much to both of them, clearly, and I'm glad that they had them both speaking at the same time because they were kind of bouncing stuff off of each other uh, like the two old buddies that they are. And um, although – it was funny, though, that uh, Peyton was giving – john lynch a lot of grief about not knowing uh what was going on when his family had a family reunion down in san diego which is where david baker told him and and Peyton's like yeah you know i i didn't go to stanford i'm just a tennessee guy but i wouldn't know what was going on
0: <laughs> said he was disappointed in stanford education for not uh, prepping him for that even a oh, tennessee grad God. would be able to figure that out
1: <laughs> oh my
0: gosh uh well, i'm
1: I'm wearing the Tennessee orange, right now. I mean, you know what? God, hey, that looks the, good on you. Think about the, think about that with Peyton. I mean, because this this light orange is really the, uh, the UT shade. I mean, all the, all that's missing is a little checkerboard in the background, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. so it's all it's it's all about the orange. It's about the uh, the orange that John Lynch wore in, yep. in Tampa Bay, and then wore for a few spot games. Uh, actually, I think you know what? I think he only wore the orange jersey. Uh, once with the Broncos, if I'm not mistaken, he wore it. Uh, for, I want to say it was the Raiders game on Sunday night in 04 That uh, uh unfortunately the Bronco, the Broncos lost, and uh, the, we didn't see the orange again. So only orange. you would
0: know how many games a specific player played in a specific color. <laughs> oh
1: man, I'm I'm a nerd, aren't I? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, you're yeah,
0: smart. You're yeah. you're showing off that Stanford education, Mace. Let's sta- Oh, that's not Stanford. That is
1: that's Mizzou in South Florida, baby. Yay,
0: okay, there we go. There go we go. Tigers. Go Bulls. Go and yeah. Mace, I know we'll maybe we'll all be Locke saying. Will show off.
1: Maybe Drew Lock will show off that Mizzou education sometime. <laughs> and, and, and flourish. you know, you know, we you know, we'll surely talk about this this week. But uh, you know, maybe Drew Lock is going to be the only quarterback of the bottom five in passer rating uh, that's going to be given another chance with his current team this yep. year they they're all being traded or let go. And uh the Broncos might run it back with drew lock. And maybe drew can show uh show off some of those Mizzou skills since they will have the same offensive coordinator for the first time since he wasn't.
0: Yep. Ex- exactly. You're hundred percent right. And Mace, but one of the things that John and Peyton both said, which ties to what you were saying was they both didn't want to play for the Broncos in terms of, they wanted to stay with their first organization, their entire career. Mm-hmm. John wanted to stay with the bucks. Peyton wanted to stay with the Colts. Uh, And, but injuries both uh, made it. So they had to move on and find another destination. And both of them essentially said the Broncos were just the best possible place that they could have landed, not just mm-hmm. because of success that they had with the team, but it was a fantastic city to be in. Obviously Peyton still lives here. Uh, John said he was going to live here his whole life until plans changed. And a quick, funny story about that when Peyton was, was looking at, should I go to the Tennessee Titans? Should I come to the Denver Broncos? One of the people he talked to was John Lynch, and John still lived in Denver at the time mm-hmm. said, Peyton, I love Denver. I am never leaving Denver. That's how much me and my family likes it. So Peyton really took that to heart and remembered it two years after that, John shipped out to San Diego and <laughs> Peyton holds that over his head to this day still. Uh, but, uh, th- those two having the connection to Denver and coming to Denver and finishing their careers, it's really cool hearing them talk about it, just about how it was the best place for them. And obviously, when you when you leave with the Super Bowl in your hand, Mace, that's that's definitely the right choice.
1: Well, you had Peyton Manning leaving with a Super Bowl, John Elway left with a Super Bowl. Um, I don't think Tom Brady is going to join that club today because I don't <laughs> think he's going to retire if the Bucks win. I think he's going to run it back for another year. But uh, hey, there's something to the notion that you uh, you come to Denver to 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 end your career in the perfect fashion. And uh, even though things have changed around the organization, of course, sadly, because Pat Bowen has uh, passed away and is uh, no longer in charge of things, obviously. And and Pat Bowen at Peyton Manning mentioned him and John Lynch mentioned him and Lynch in particular uh, has talked about how he would run to Pat Bowen only in Hawaii, but sometimes on the ski slopes. But one of the bad things, the few bad things about being a Bronco is that when John Lynch signed with Broncos, he couldn't uh, ski anymore. It's the, old, uh, it's the old Keith Karts clause in the contract. Uh, Keith Karts was a center for the Broncos in the early 1990s, and he got injured during a charity skiing event organized by the team, and that oh, wow. was pretty much the end of his career. And so that's why you don't see Broncos players out on the, sl- on the slopes anymore. It's, uh, it's forbidden contract-wise. It's a, it's a standard in, in contracts here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I- exactly. That that uh, you don't you don't want to see players on the slopes until after yeah. they are they are retired. And Mason, John O or or John Peyton Manning may have been. Oh wow, my cat is joining oh, us you got right a now. <laughs> That's probably a, time to wrap up now. <laughs> it's a
1: a black cat. Should I uh, take that as a bad omen for my bucks? In this oh game? boy, maybe oh. it's
0: a bad omen for the Chiefs there, Mace. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> uh, and Peyton Manning kind of kind of put a precedent on this of you even if you're the greatest ever, you may not finish your career with that same mm-hmm. team that that you started the career with, and that Mace we're seeing in the NFL right mm-hmm. now. Now, not greats, but first round picks are moving on left and right right now and that's yep. something that we're going to talk about specifically at that quarterback position mace the, the rest of this week to try to find out what the broncos quarterback situation is going to be
1: yeah and uh if, if it's drew lock as the guy you hope he can figure for this season you hope he can figure it out and be the guy for the long term and it, it's funny though like you talk about what Akeem mentioned about what's kind of been missing you haven't had that sheriff and uh i don't know the broncos would pay the price necessary but Deshaun Watson's a sheriff, in terms
0: of mm, yeah.
1: in terms of his presence within organization and what he means. I know you may say, "Oh, well, they just went four and twelve despite Deshaun Watson." I remember the '01 season. Peyton Manning's fourth in the league. Deshaun Watson just has fourth season, by the way. The Colts went a very disappointing, despondent six and ten. Changed coaches and then quickly rebounded with Tony Dungy in O2 and in O2, went to the playoffs and started a very long run of success. Kind of the point being that even great quarterbacks have, from a team success perspective will have some years early on or at various points where the team just isn't great. I mean, Drew Brees went through three straight seven and nine seasons with the Saints. Does just because you have a great quarterback doesn't mean you're always going to be contending, but it certainly it
0: certainly raises your floor a little bit. It certainly certainly does, Mace. So that's something we're going to be covering. And Mace, the cats are on the loose in my house right now. It's probably a time to sign off, Mace. Well, we, wait, I think we should get one more question in though. We got because oh, we yes. got one
1: comment comment from Henry Ziminoff who says, "Now that the list keeps growing, who are the next Broncos players to get into Canton?" We talked about Randy Gradishar earlier, but uh, I think it's not just players, but we could be talking about a former Broncos coach here
0: at some point. Oh, as as we should be, Mike Shanahan mm-hmm. should be yeah. in two two time Super Bowl champ. He absolutely should be in.
1: Yeah, and the thing with the with Shanahan's case, it has been helped very much in the last twelve months. Jimmy Johnson, two Super Bowls, he's a Hall of Famer. He's part of that Centennial class. Uh, Bill Cowher, only one Super Bowl win, longtime coach of the Steelers. He's in the Hall of Fame. Tom Flores, another two-time Super Bowl winner, is part of this 2021 class. So now you kind of look at it and say, all right, there's a standard that's being set. The next ones in terms of two-time Super Bowl winners would be Mike Shanahan, George Seifert, Tom Coughlin. I think there's a case for all three of those to get in. Seifert, it's interesting. He's being weighed down by kind of inheriting Bill Walsh's team and keeping it going, and he's also weighed down by having one really bad season in Carolina to close his career. His last year head coach, the Panthers, went 1-15. And I think Mike is being held down a bit by the end of his Washington tenure as well because after what I think was Mike's best coaching job, in 2012 when they went 10, 10 and six and you know ask Tyler Palumbus, who was on that Washington team about the kind of coaching job that Mike Shanahan did that year and, and he will go on uh for a long, he'll give you a very long response to talk for a while about what Mike did to make that work that 3-13 season in Washington the next year is kind of hurting his cause but you step back now you know Tom Flores had some bad seasons in Seattle As a head coach, and he's in the hall of fame. So the template is out there. You can end your career poorly, have two winning, two Super Bowl wins, and be in the hall. So I think it's just a matter of time for Mike Shanahan, but I hope it's sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, I I definitely, definitely agree. We have Breck Drew chiming in saying, in terms of players, Von Miller, probably the next player, if not Gratishar. I'd say, hopefully, Gratishar. If we're
1: counting Demarcus Ware, he comes right after that. And then, Akeem Talib is going to have a really mm-hmm. good case for the Hall of Fame, even though the career numbers may not kind of match up. He he could be kind of in the Hall of Fame for the same reason that someone like a a, a Ty Law, for example, is in the, is in the Hall of Fame, uh, being part of of a of a great team, a great defense. There's going to be kind of like we see with the Bucks with Lynch and Derek Brooks, more in Sapp. There's going to be momentum for guys who were on that defense in the mid-2010s, the no-fly zone era for the Broncos. That's going to help Aqib Talib's cause tremendously. I think it'll be the cherry on the Sunday for DeMarcus Ware. And someday, if Chris Harris Jr. can have a few more good seasons here, might uh, help his cause uh, as well to get the Hall of Fame. But I think if we're going in order for players, I do think Gratishar gets in in the next couple of years. There's momentum there, I think. I'd like to see Carl Mecklenburg get some traction as well. But realistically, we're talking about Jar, DeMarcus Ware, and then Akeeb and then Von Miller.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It keeps going to be fun, man. I'll tell you that he'll probably be making a push. The whole no fly yep. zone will be making a push for him to make it. But there's going to be some more, uh, some more t- opportunities for the Broncos yep. to have representation in Canton. And and like we've said, Mace, no team has done it better than the Broncos in the past five years, getting six people. in. it's finally starting to happen and really in full force.
1: Yep, let's keep that momentum. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people involved with it, starting with uh, Patrick Smith, of course, over at the Broncos, and Jeff legwald who has dealt with a lot of criticism from fans, but has actually done a marvelous job in the selection room. And then, uh, you know, others who are of us who are kind of on the fringes, helping causes. I mean, I'm still kind of humbled and flattered that Steve Atwater uh, shouted me out uh, last year when he was talking about being in the Hall of Fame. And uh, you know, we're gonna. We're going to pick up the baton and we're going to carry it for other guys. We're going to, you know, we're going to push Randy Grashar. We're going to push Carl Mecklenburg, uh, provide a little extra push for DeMarcus Ware. And uh, when it keeps time comes, we're going to push him his him as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I want to say it's it's my Peyton Manning football on the live pods that really pushed uh, Peyton Manning over the edge.
1: Yeah, now Peyton Manning's going to start pushing Reggie Wayne. That's his next cause.
0: Yep. Yep, it it absolutely is. Heck, maybe he's going to start pushing his good friend Brandon Stokely over the edge as well. <laughs> i don't,
1: well, I don't think he get him in the Hall of Fame. But uh, as we as, as we saw briefly
0: last night, we'll see tonight he did get him into a commercial. I mean, he that was certainly joke. <laughs> it was, it was Mace. Man, what, what a fun Sunday morning live pod! Thank you all so much for joining us on the live part. If you tuned into the podcast, thank you so much as well. We will continue all of this Broncos talk, and man, maybe we'll find the next Peyton Manning in the next couple of weeks for the Denver Broncos, Mace. But for Andrew Mace and Zach Stevens, Mace, go Bucks! We'll all be cheering for your Bucks. I hope that they can win. <laughs> there we go. Go Bucks. B U C
1: C A N E E R S. Go Bucks.
0: (laughs) We'll all be singing that tonight, Mace. Thank you so much for tuning in with us, guys. And go Bucks. We'll be back to break down the Super Bowl tomorrow. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the DNBR Broncos podcast.